This is Caitlin Long, and you're listening to Level Playing Field. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Level Playing Field. Level Playing Field is a podcast by me. My name is Randy Boos, where I interview LGBTQ athletes and other sports personalities. This episode, I interview Caitlin Long. Caitlin Long, I first heard about her when she wrote an article for Outsports.com. She talks about coming out as a bisexual to her family, her friends, and her teammates. We also talk a lot about her faith and how she was able to rectify her faith with her sexuality. We talk about um, her adoption story where she tells me a little bit about her biological family, but also her her family she's grown up with and known all her life. With Caitlin, we did have some communication issues. So there are a couple times where I lose her during our talk. I've tried to edit that out and fix it. Um, so bear with me if there's a couple jumps. Without further ado, here's Caitlin Long. Welcome to Level Playing Field. Thank you for coming on and taking some time and talking with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I start each episode with, where were you born? So I was born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, but I was mostly raised in Madison, Wisconsin. What are your parents' names? Uh, My parents' names are Larry and Judy Long. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have one younger brother. Um, he's three years younger than me. His name is Zach. Cool. What is your earliest memory? One of my earliest memories um, is when I was younger, my family would drive to Iowa to visit my grandparents, and they live on a farm. So I just remember like feeding the animals and horseback riding and spending time with my grandparents up at the farm. Oh, yeah. cool. Where in, where in Iowa was it? Oh, my gosh. It's a really small town, like half an hour from Missouri border. Um, and they there's, like, dirt roads. Their closest neighbor is, like, two miles away. So oh, wow. It was, like, in the country. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I know. Nothing going on there at all. But it's, like, really peaceful to go visit. Oh, I bet. And then seeing family, I'm sure, was nice. Yeah, definitely. I'm close with my family. So, When did sports start to play a part of your life? Yeah. Um, so I'm adopted, and my parents knew I was going to be tall. And so they wanted me to be coordinated, and they put me in sports um, when I was three years old. I started, like, dancing and playing soccer. And um, sports have been a big part of my life ever since then. How long did you play soccer? That's actually the longest sport I played. I started when I was three, and then I played until I was 14. Oh, wow. So the one before, like, high school is when you? Yeah, I had, like, when I got to high school, I had to decide between soccer or track. So I chose track and field. Oh, okay, cool. Um, You mentioned being adopted. How... Tell me a little bit about that. 
we've talked before and you know that I adopted my own son. Um, mm-hmm. How how is that for you? Just you know, just tell me a little bit about it, please. Yeah, of course. So, um, my situation was um, my birth mom was really young when she had me. She got pregnant when she was thirteen. My like birth dad left, so it was in a great situation. Um, but she decided to go through and with the pregnancy and everything, and decided adoption was the best option. So my parents adopted me right from birth. They were like in the delivery room when I was born and everything. So my parent I don't know my birth mom at all. Like I've never met her in person. I have her as a Facebook friend. <laughs> um, but I've yeah, that's about it. I've never really had a strong relationship with her. I actually I might be getting ahead of myself, but I my whole life until I was 14 years old, or sorry, 18 years old, I was a freshman in college. And um, the only thing I knew about my birth mom was her name, her full name. So I remember um, I was in the dorms my freshman year of college. And one day I like woke up and checked my phone and I had a Facebook request. <laughs> and like I said, I only knew her name. So I was like, I think this is my birth mom. And then I clicked on her profile picture and I'm like, yeah, we look very much alike. I like knew it was her. <laughs> so that is crazy. Yeah. Um, for my, <laughs> my family, my son obviously knows he's adopted. Um, and we little by little, as he grows up, we tell him more and more. The cool thing mm-hmm. about the internet though, is that we can, we can meet up whenever he's ready and, if he wants to. Um, it's definitely different than how adoption used to be handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of changes now. <clears throat> and we'll get back to that. Um, did you, well, did you ever, so you, did you ever meet her or no? No, not in person. Um, I, I've Skyped with her once before. And then we text, we, so when we first met each other on Facebook, it was, you know, new and exciting. I wanted to know a lot. You know, I wanted to know where I came from, I wanted to know about like, I think the, one of the hardest things about being adopted is like, for me was like, not knowing my family, like medical history mm-hmm. at all. So like, I just had a lot of questions about that and my other family members. So like, when we first connected on Facebook, we, like I mentioned, we Skyped and we talked every day for a couple of weeks. And then it was like a couple of times a week. And then it was like once a month. And now it's more just like, holidays or birthdays will say a little message you know but we don't talk that much anymore but yeah but it's the options there if you ever want it definitely yeah of course that's, so that's cool. really nice that must be a healthy situation for you yeah of course mm-hmm. and then how do your um your parents how were they able to handle that her reaching out to you and yeah um They've always been awesome about it. Like, they know that, they know how I feel. Like, there's just a part, like, not knowing exactly where you come from. Like, they know I was, like, curious and everything. So they were super um, open-minded and um, really awesome about it. They wanted me to get to know her. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it must be a tough situation for them, too, because you're their 
their girl and exactly. to, to yeah. give that up a little bit. I know as a parent, I have to deal with that eventually myself. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to playing sports. So you played soccer starting at three, you said? Mm-hmm. And then was soccer your main sport until oh, track God. or did you just do a lot of sports? I did a lot. Of, I did all pretty much. I did, <laughs> I did soccer the longest. Um, I did dance for two years. I did like gymnastics and not for very long because we're like, you're too tall. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gymnastics was not my thing. Actually, that's a funny story. So, like, I did gymnastics for, like, a year when I was, like, four or five, you know. And um, they, like, told me I was probably too tall. And then, like, also, I was never super into gymnastics. Um, like, I remember, like, one day in gymnastics class, we were, like, we we were learning something and I like fell and I was just like, you know what? I don't think gymnastics is for me. (laughs) So (laughs) I just like was kind of over it. Um, I played softball a little bit of tennis. Like I would say soccer was soccer and basketball were my main sports growing up. Okay. Were you always playing them or did you also like to watch? I, I was always playing them. I was so busy. I honestly probably didn't even have time to watch. <laughs> like, I was always playing sports. But I guess growing up, um, my dad and I, our thing was, like, watching um, college basketball and, like, NBA together. That was kind of, like, our our thing. What what team do you follow? Um, I like the Bucks because I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my favorite NBA team. I like Oklahoma too, though. They're having a great year, though. The Bucks. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so. LeBron being in the West has definitely helped them. Definitely. Uh huh. And we watch a lot of college basketball too, um, especially like Badger sports mm-hmm. growing up. So, yeah, I just always grew up like around sports, playing or watching. Now at Obviously, this is an LGBT podcast. So, um, at this point in your life, you um, you consider yourself straight, right? Or are you already starting to have feelings? Yeah, um, up in yeah, I would say up until high school, I considered myself straight. And then that's about when it happened for me too, where I started to um, really notice my feelings for both. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. How how did you process it? Because in the article you wrote on Outsports, you talk about faith being a big part of your life. Um, mm-hmm. How did you deal with that internally? It was really hard. Yeah. Um, I grew up going to church every Sunday with my family. I consider myself religious. You know, like it's a big my faith is probably my biggest part of my life. So um, I started kind of realizing my attraction for like both men and women and probably like later in high school, maybe like my junior year. So it was like a little bit later, I guess. And I, at first, I, in high school, I, I guess it wasn't a huge deal because I was, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, 
I like noticed I was attracted to girls from that, but like I didn't really think anything of it at that point. I was just like, oh, you know, every girl kind of like sees a cute girl, and I was like, oh, you're so pretty. So like I thought it was like normal, and I like still considered myself straight at that point. Um, so in high school, it wasn't a huge deal. I was just like kind of thinking like, hmm, you know, at that point it seemed pretty normal still, I guess, or like I didn't really think much of it Mm -hmm. in high school. So, yeah. Well, yeah, like for me, it was about um, just sort of always, it like always being a part of me. So it was never like, you know, one day I'm liking girls when the next day I'm, you know, I start liking boys. It was always about, it just was always being both. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it like for me, I don't sometimes understand what it is to like just one sex. You know what I mean? Does yeah, that... that's yeah, that's how I feel as well. Like I, yeah, I'm not attracted to like a gender. I'm like just attracted to a person. So like that's just like always been my thought process. I guess. Mm-hmm. I consider myself, like, very open-minded and, like, yeah, I just, like, I totally relate to what you just said. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously older than you are, so my pop culture references and LGBT characters on TV was limited. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, though, with cable being everywhere, characters starting to pop up more and more in the mid to late 2000s um was it nice to see for you to have someone that you can say hey you know that's sort of like me or yeah um when i was in high school there weren't as many lgbt characters as like even the last few years and i think there's still a long way to go obviously but oh totally i I remember watching pretty little liars (laughs) in (laughs) high school and that was kind of like the first show that I watched where I saw like an LGBT character. Um, it, oh, also Glee. So those two were the two shows I watched in high school. Of and course. yeah, in both shows, um, there were like lesbian couples. And I remember thinking like, um, I was, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. You know what I mean? Cause like, it was kind of the first time that I realized, like, I mean, I didn't know any LGBT people at this point in my life. And so, like, to see that on TV was, like, a big kind of step for me, I guess. Like, a big realization that, like, oh, this is, like, these feelings are valid, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And funny, you mentioned Pretty Liars. Our exchange student we have is currently binge-watching that show and she wants us to watch it with us so we're at season six right now Um, oh my gosh (laughs) yeah but so you mentioned your town and not seeing lgbt people how was it a big town you grew up in or uh no so i grew up in a suburb of madison um like five minutes outside of madison wisconsin but my town was very white and very straight (laughs) um like Growing up, um, I was always one of, if not, most of the times. I, so I went to a high school. My whole high school was a little less than a 1,000. And there was about 15 black students. 
and I knew there was maybe like two or three people that were like out in high school like just to give you some context (laughs) yeah it was like yeah it was a small town um and then how with your faith going back to that and not a lot of people at school not a lot of people where you live and like you mentioned not a lot of people on tv um it must have been hard to to deal it was uh, so it was kind of conflicting because so i don't think i mentioned earlier so i'm african-american but my parents um that adopted me were are white that's just like always what i've known mm-hmm. so like i've always been you know like around people that didn't look like me so and i like in high school and growing up i had a lot of friends like I never got bullied or anything. Like I fit in well. Um, so like I never felt like a complete outsider or anything. But at the same time, it's kind of hard looking around at like everyone and being like I fit in, but at the same time, I don't. You know what I mean? Like it was every once in a while that like internal thought would pop in my head. Like it's just like. It, I don't quite fit into the mold. Yeah. So So you graduate from high school and then you go to college. Your first, you went to two colleges, right? The first one, um, was it closer to home? A little bit closer, about three hours away from home. Was it a more diverse experience for you or was it still pretty much the same? Um, Yeah. So my for um I went to Winona State University, which is about three hours from my hometown. It's a small Division two school. Um, it was about the same as my hometown. Not, I mean, um, the school is a little less than nine thousand students, so it was a small university, definitely predominantly white. But you know, it's like college, so you're exposed to more. I was exposed to more like minorities or like a few more LGBT people, but, like, not much more than my hometown. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely wouldn't call it diverse. <laughs> yeah. So, in high school, you uh, primarily go to track as your sport, and you do more of the field events, right? Actually, it was a little bit different. Um, so, in high school, yeah, like, so I mentioned before, I grew up playing a bunch of sports, but when you get to high school, you kind of have to choose like a maximum of three there's like fall season winter season spring season so my for my sports I chose um volleyball for the fall basketball um in the winter and then track and field was actually (laughs) this this is gonna sound bad track and honestly my least favorite sport and I really didn't (laughs) want to do it (laughs) um but because at the time in high school basketball was by far my favorite sport um my team was really good um we just we played back I did um like AAU basketball and so I played basketball like 11 months of the year I would travel with my friends and everything so basketball was my number one thing in high school and my basketball coach told me he's like I really think you should do track and field to like stay in shape it'll like help you for basketball so the only reason I did track and field was for basketball. And I really. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Yeah, and actually in high school, I was a sprinter. <laughs> like, it's so crazy, like, to think about where I was then and where I am eight years later, seven, <laughs> eight years later. But yeah, I started off as a sprinter. So in high school, you can do um, four events. And so I did three running events, um, like three sprinting events. And then I, I did shot put, but because uh, I've always been... I've been six foot since eighth grade. So like wow. it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've always been like strong. So like I did shot put, but that was literally like my last event. Like I never practiced it. it was, I just kind of did it at the meets um, <laughs> just because I could do four events. And that was like my number four event. So <laughs> that was kind of my experience in high school. Um, but what happened basically was uh, I pulled my hamstring like three times between my freshman and junior year of high school. And my like um, physical therapist suggested like, maybe you should just focus on shot put like your senior year. Cause I kept having all these injuries, especially my junior year I had when I pulled my hamstring the third time. So my, <laughs> my senior year, I am, um, I only did shot put my senior year, so I only focused on shot put. Um, and I, yeah, but before that, I was there. <laughs> and then, so how do you go from, so you obviously started focusing on shot put. Was that also in college you started focusing on it? Um, so, yeah, so I did shot put my senior year, and I should mention that, like, in high school, track and field was my worst sport as well. Like, not only did I like it the least amount, but it was, like, my worst sport, that, like, the sport I was worst at. Like, um, I was best at volleyball. I would, was pretty good in basketball, but track and field, I wasn't, like, bad or anything. I just, like, was average in high school, I would say. So I got, my senior year, I only focused on shot put. And going into the state track meet my senior year, I think I was seated, like, uh, I don't remember, like, maybe 12th place or 13th place going into the meet. And I ended up having a really good meet and ended up placing at uh, third place at the meet. Mm -hmm. And um, I got recruited um, by Winona State. That was Winona State was the only school that recruited me for track and field, and um, because like I mentioned, I wasn't stellar in high school or anything. I so like I got recruited by Winona, and I did really well at that meet my senior um, state track meet. But I I ended up choosing track and field um, because my mom went went to school in Winona. Oh okay. So, yeah, like, I knew I wanted to play a sport in college. I never in a million years thought I would choose track and field. <laughs> but my my, um, my mom went to school in Winona, so when we were, like, touring colleges, I looked at a few for volleyball and basketball, but Winona was the only one interested in me for track. And so I went to visit there with my mom, and, she, like I mentioned, she went to college there. And so she, you know how moms kind of push you to, or like your mom's opinion, or at least for me, my mom's opinion matters a lot. So she was just like, 
oh, I loved Winona. Like, I think it'd be so great for you, blah, blah. So she heavily influenced my decision. And I just wanted to play a sport in college. Um, so that's kind of like how I got to Winona and like how I became a thrower. I was like recruited for shot put, but that ended up not being my main event in college. How do you go from shot put to it? Actually, I need some help too. Ha- difference cool. between hammer throw and, and weight throw. And weight throw. Mm-hmm. What is yeah, the difference? That's, that's a good question. Um, I didn't even know what either of those were until I got to college. Um, so weight throw is, okay, let me start with hammer. So hammer throw is in a college in an Olympic event. So that that's thrown outside, and um, like I said, it's it's a sport in the Olympics. But weight throw is only a collegiate event. They don't have it in high school or the Olympics, so it's literally only in college. And it's just the indoor version of the hammer. So the hammer is four um, K for girl or for women. It's a four K hammer, and. Um, it's longer and then a weight, um, is 20 pounds and shorter. So it's just, it's the same footwork, but it's just different weights and different weights. Okay. I get it now. All right. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you go from to shot put to weighted and hammer throws? Yeah. So, yeah. So I was, I was recruited for shot put because in discus, the only throwing events are shot put. Or in high school, the only um, throwing events are shot put and discus. So I never threw discus, though, just shot put. So I got to campus at Winona my freshman year. And so basically college coaches, just based on your body type or, like, if you're an incoming freshman um, thrower, they usually just try out everyone for weight and hammer throw to see you know, how it goes, because like I said, it's not in high school at all. So like, you just have to wait till you're on campus and just kind of give it a try and see how it goes, basically. So it's, yeah, whoever has the the more natural ability and body type gets Mm -hmm. thrown into that sport. Yeah, basically. All right. So how did you do your first year with school and with athletics in college? Yeah, my, my first year went really well um so I started off throwing for track and field we start training in August but our meets don't start till indoor season is from January till March and then outdoors from end of March till June so my freshman year I got to campus and we started throwing weight throw in the fall and my coach is like Caitlin I, I think you're gonna be really good at the weight throw and like I was just a freshman and I had nothing to compare it to. So I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll take your word for it. So then when meet started in January, my freshman year, I just like was, oh my gosh, this is so funny. My very first collegiate meet as a freshman, my very um, first meet, I fouled all three of my throws for the weight throw. And <laughs> <laughs> like, that was just like my very first meet of my college career and like from where I started at that point to like where I ended indoor last year um it's crazy but yeah um so my freshman year went really well after that meet (laughs) I was doing well and I ended my freshman year winning I was supposed 
going into the indoor um, track and field championships my freshman year, I was supposed to get third place. I was like seated third, but um, I ended up winning um, my first na- uh, my first national title um, my freshman year. Oh, sweet! Thanks. Yeah, so that was in um, track. You're at the top, like so. Yeah, we left off with you winning. Uh, was it the D two championship? Yeah, Division Two um, indoor championships for weight throw. And then, so how did you do in the outdoor season? Um, my out, yeah, my outdoor went well. I opened up at fifty-seven meters, which is pretty good for uh, a freshman for hammer throw. But I'm, I was def- um weight throw. The indoor version has always been more of my thing. <laughs> okay. My better event, even though the footwork is the same, the timing and everything is very different. So people are usually better at one than the other one. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So then you, uh, in your first year, you go into your second year. Mm-hmm. How does your second year start out? My second year was even better than my first year. Um, so my sophomore year... Yeah, it went really well. Um, school was going well. Um, ended my sophomore year winning nationals again. Um, I broke the the Division II um, record for the weight throw. And then I won my second indoor championship. Oh, nice. So my, thanks. Yeah, so my sophomore year went really well. Um, but I would say, like, the end of my sophomore year, so, like, track was going well and school was going well, but... I was starting to like realize my sexuality more. And at this point I kind of knew I was um, bisexual at this point. So mentally I wasn't in a great place. I started kind of struggling with my faith and everything is so my sophomore year is kind of when that started. Um, So kind of tough. Yeah. I bet. How did, how did that show externally struggling with your faith? I mean, were you still going to church at this time, or? Um, uh, yeah, I through my sophomore year, I was going to church regularly. I found a church in Winona that I really loved. Um, but, um, it's starting in, I guess, the spring of my sophomore year, I started going less. It was kind of around the same time when I started, like I mentioned, like realizing about my sexuality is mm. kind of when I started going to church a little bit less and kind of distancing myself from religion a little bit did that hurt your relationship with your parents at all they urged me to go to church they didn't know why i was like struggling because i didn't tell them at this point you know that Mm -hmm. i was i wasn't out to them but they they just like encouraged me to go to church and like figure it out you know um but i felt at that point in my life i felt like I was alone and like no one really understood me, not even God. Um, so I just was like, I, this is something I have to deal with on my own, you know, like, yeah. So I tried to put it all on my, and it kind of affected, well, not kind of, it affected my faith a lot. So how, uh, how did you have anyone to talk to or, or how did you sort of come back to not your faith necessarily, but, <clears throat> How did you start to resolve that within yourself, I guess? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, so it got 
worse before I got better for sure. Like my junior year was um, the hardest year of my life. All those feelings I mentioned that started at the end of my sophomore year continued into my junior year and got worse. So yeah, my junior year, I just like really only relied on myself and everything. Um, I had lots of friends that went on. I, you know, I could have talked to them or my coaches, but at that point, it just felt like um, something. I, I just didn't want to, like, burden them or just, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know if they would, like, I know they love me and support me, but I didn't know if they would understand, you know, fully understand, I guess. So, I guess things started getting better. So, after my junior year, I had a really bad year mentally, um, religiously, I I stopped going to church um, pretty much all together. And um, at the end of my junior year, my coach told me at Winona told me that, or told us that he was um, going to a different school. And so to coach at um, a different school in our conference. And at this point, I wasn't really happy at Winona anymore. Like I love my friends and everything. And I don't regret my experience at Winona at all. But what I'm more of a, bigger city person (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love big city so Winona always felt a little too small and so when my coach left I took it as the opportunity to like go to a bigger school um and maybe just like I was in such a bad place I just kind of wanted to start over um and so, so and so you end up going to University of Minnesota how did that decision come about to make that change yeah um so I decided to transfer like when my coach left. So I knew I wanted to go to a bigger school, but not move too far away from home just because it was the summer before my senior year. So like to make that decision was really hard. I'm like, do I just finish my last year here at Winona or do I take a chance and go somewhere else? So I was deciding between University of Wisconsin-Madison or University of Minnesota and um University of Minnesota just felt right. Um, the coat, I, I went on my visit and all the girl, I met some of the track girls and the coaches were great. Um, they had a real, or we have a really good program. I like the campus and the city and everything. So that's kind of how I chose to train. Um, and also I had some friends that lived here. So that helped a lot as well. Okay. How did, is this when you moved? To Minnesota, is this when you make the chant the decision to start to come out, or how does that happen for you? Yeah, um, so def- so my friends that I had here happen. It, they're my closest friends now too. Are all gay men? It's literally always just me and <laughs> my handful of <laughs> gay guy friends. It's kind of funny, but um, <laughs> so when I moved here, so I I moved here like the summer of 2017. And the first person I ever came out to was actually my brother. So I went home to visit um, my family in in Madison, summer 2017. And I was like in the car with my brother and I was just kind of, I don't see him very often. So we were just catching up. And I asked him, I'm like, are you, do you have a girlfriend or like, you know, like what's new, just catching up. And he like got really embarrassed. And I was like, He's always been kind of shy, but I could tell, like, 
I don't know, like, he, like, looks super uncomfortable. And so then I was like, wait, do you have, a like, a boyfriend? And so then my brother came up to me in the car. And then, like, I I got, like, really emotional because, like, I had absolutely no idea my brother was gay. We're, like, really close. So, like, to hear him, like, tell me that, like, then I told him that I was bisexual. So he was, like, the first person I came out to. Um, so I, I guess, like, that process started summer um, about, like, a year and a half ago. Um, and then do you guys end up talking to your parents together, or was it individual? No, no, um, individual. So, like, he came out to my parents about three months after that, I would say. He kind of had to tell them because he was moving in with his boyfriend. <laughs> oh, so yeah. he had to kind of tell them, like, um, so yeah, he came out to them first, and then um, I came out to my parents just um, about maybe like two months ago now, not even a month and a half ago. Um, how how did they take it? I mean, first with your brother and then with you? Yeah, I actually think it was a little harder for me to come out just because um they only have two kids and now like they're both like lgbt (laughs) um but my parents are amazing like i don't think i mentioned it before but they they they're like the best parents ever so they always like came to all my sporting events they're super supportive um they're just yeah i that's awesome to hear yeah i could talk about them for the whole podcast but (laughs) they're amazing so when we came out they were they were awesome about it um yeah that's cool yeah just nothing but love from them so that's cool so now that you're out you're entering your what last year of college yeah um i graduate this may yep what are your plans for the future um my plans for the future so my goal my end goal is just going back a little bit so I this past fall like um one of my friends um on the track and he's on the men's track and field team he um asked me if I want to help him start an LGBT athletes um group at our university like University of Minnesota oh cool so yeah it's been so like um I started helping him plan that and I was not out at this point yet um, like all my friends were gay men and everything, and um, people kind of know that, like, I don't know, that I'm always around gay people and stuff. But I wasn't like out myself. So I started helping my friend Dawson plan this LGBT club this past fall. And then um, kind of doing that made me realize that I really like working, like organizing and like working. Um, to help the LGBT community. So, um, but that's kind of what made me realize that I enjoy doing that is like starting this LGBT um, group. So like, I guess my angle would be, um, I would really like to be a diversity and inclusion leader after I graduate. So just make sure there's enough, cause you know, with me being like black and bisexual, like making sure there's enough diversity in the workplace is really important for me. Mm-hmm. So. Are you yeah. going to continue sports? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
it will really depend on how this outdoor season goes. It starts actually next weekend. So if I do, because like I mentioned, um, the hammer throw is an Olympic event, but the weight throw isn't. Mm-hmm. I wish weight throw was because I've won nationals three times at weight throw. So it'd be <laughs> a little easier to like continue if it were um, an Olympic sport. But um, I'm keeping my mind open. I, I really am not sure how things will, if I'll continue or not. Um, I'm just going to take it one day at a time, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's cool. We'll that's see. healthy. Yeah, I don't know. How Have you resolved your bisexuality with your faith? I have, yeah. Um, I I found a really good church here. I started going to, like, I I started reconnecting with my faith. Um, I would say this, like, when I got to Minnesota, or maybe maybe about a year ago, I guess, a little bit after I got to Minnesota. So, like, I'm I'm really happy. Like, I have some great friends here. I reconnected with my faith. Um, I love my track teammates. And living in Minneapolis and everything, so um, that decision to transfer here, even though it was a really tough one, really paid off, and it's been amazing. So that's cool. Well, the way I wrap up this show is I have a set of final twenty questions I ask. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of pop culture. Um, there's a TV show I started watching when I was under twenty um, called Inside the Actor Studio. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to borrow some of those questions, and then I have a final one asking about youth. Um, okay. But so let me start with the top. Who was your first celebrity crush? Ooh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> okay. Um, do you listen to podcasts? Do you have a favorite podcast to listen to? Um, I don't watch too or listen to too many. I listen to one that um, was like about murders, like my favorite murders. I oh yeah, called. I know with yeah. uh, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> um, if you could meet anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow, that no was hesitation. that was fast. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> I love Beyonce. <laughs> hey. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? To read people's minds. That'd be so helpful. <laughs> um. What is the most inter- interesting thing you have read or seen this week? Um, I read that they um, cured a second patient for HIV, I think. Oh, yeah. With the stem cell. Cool. Yeah. That was probably the most interesting. Do you have any streaming obsession? Something on Netflix or Hulu? <sighs> Ooh. Well, I'm a tourist, so I watch a lot of Netflix. I'm in bed a lot. <laughs> um, I I've been watching Bates Motel lately. I really oh. like um like murder shows or like psychological thrillers. I love like American Horror Story. Criminal What's your Minds, favorite any, season of American Horror Story? Yeah, probably season one. Or, oh yeah, um, Murder House. Just, yeah, or I really like the cult one too. Okay. This takes us out of the final 20 questions for a second, but have you ever been to the house in L.A.? No. You should, should go, go there next time. Oh, my gosh. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, just, just you can't go inside, but you can take pictures of yourself outside. Oh, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> um, let's see. Where did I leave off? Uh, which fictional character would you like to meet in real life? 
fictional character. I don't. That's a tough one. Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> that's too right. hard. We could pass. <laughs> no worries. Okay, I'm gonna use my pass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, if animals could talk, which animal would be the most annoying? The most annoying. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Probably dogs. <laughs> I don't know. They have a lot of energy. I feel like they'd have a lot to say. <laughs> that's true. Uh, who inspires you? Ooh, a lot of people. Uh, I love Serena Williams. Yeah, she's awesome. All right, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Yeah. Probably, oh my gosh, I say ope a lot. Like what is that? Mid, like ope, like such a Midwestern thing. Like you'll like run into someone or like you'll like be in someone's way and you're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. What is your <laughs> least favorite word? Moist. <laughs> That's a popular one. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I like when people can hold a conversation. Does that count? Yeah. Like, I love meeting new people and talking to new people. So when someone can actually, like, hold a conversation and, like, be interesting, I think that's great. <laughs> that's cool. What turns you off? Uh, like a pet peeve or, like... Yeah, just anything that just makes you walk away or... Yeah. Um, people who smack their gum. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Oh, fuck. <laughs> what sound or noise... What was that? Uh, nothing. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What sound? What? What was that? What sound or noise do you love? Oh, um... I actually really, even though I complain about Midwest winters a lot, I love the sound of, like, crunching snow as, like, you walk on the ground. <laughs> That's cool. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, loud chewing or gum smacking. <laughs> <laughs> what profession, which obviously you're still in school, um, but what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would do interior design. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that stuff. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm a psychology major. So, like, my um, I tried a couple, like, accounting classes or, like, finance classes. I just personally could never do that because my mind doesn't work like that at all. <laughs> okay. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ooh. Oh my gosh, that's a... <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, and this is the final question. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is I want people who are young, I always use the age 12, to know that there are people out there that have been through what they're going through, um, that are there for support. Um, so when they come out or they're coming to terms with who they are, they, they know other people. So mm -hmm. if you had the chance, what would you tell a 12-year-old boy or girl who's come to terms with who they are? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would just say that 
God made you perfect just the way you are. So your feelings are valid. You're not weird or you're not a disappointment to anyone. Um, just be who you are. Like, be yourself. Perfect. Well, Caitlin, I, I really appreciate you coming on here and being on my show. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for talking with me. Oh, yeah, it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed our talk where we talked about her bisexuality, her track career, her adoption. Um, she was just a lot of fun. I'm really glad she became a part of the show. At this time, I want to thank Caitlin. I want to thank, once again, Eric Radford for the use of his music. Join me next episode when my guest is... Tom Bosworth.